Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, and my patron peeps, thanks so much for supporting the show, patrons. I'm really, really grateful for you. Thank you so much uh, for helping keep the show uh, going. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Uh, well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'll do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake. Whether it's uh, thoughts, uh, feelings, uh, physical sensations, uh, changes in time, uh, temperature, you know, stuff from the past, uh, stuff in the future. Whatever's keeping you awake, uh, I'd like to take your mind off of that and... uh, what I'm going to do, I got this uh, safe place here. I've got it, uh, plenty of room, cozy stuff, uh, comforting things. And I'm going to send my voice across the deep dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. I'm going to go off topic, get, get, get confused, uh, to, to, to take your mind of stuff, to keep you company. Uh, way way the show works if you're new a few things to know so the show starts off with a few minutes of business that's how we keep the show free Uh, then there's an intro now the intro is a part of the show but it's like about 12 minutes of me explaining what the show is in lulling soothing meandering nonsensical way Uh, different every time and ideally it's part of your bedtime routine whether you're in bed or getting ready for bed. That's what the majority of people I hear from. They say, well, I'm getting ready for bed or getting comfortable. And for some people, it puts them to sleep. A a few people, like a couple percentage points of people, skip the intro. And then some people even listen during the day to to relax or as a distraction. But the intro is a part of the show. It it doesn't really go anywhere, uh, but, but it gets you ready for the later part of the show where the later part of the show doesn't really go anywhere either. And the idea is it's something familiar and comforting, but different every time. It just starts to ease you into bed. Uh, and uh, then after the intro is some business between the intro and the show. And then uh, tonight will be a bedtime story. Uh, kind of about a story I've been curious about that I had to look into. I had to do, to do some uh, fantasy research, as they say. You go down the old, you go into the old story swap and say, oh, what's going on here? So it'll be a bedtime story. Uh, then there's some thank yous at the end. All told, I'll be here for about an hour. Uh, but here's a couple other things if you're new. One, this podcast doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, so maybe if you're new, you're kind of, or a regular listener even, uh, it's hard to kind of consume something passively, but you just kind of look at it like it's like a like a, a fan. You say, is that fan? But you know the fan's talking. The old talking fan. I did launch that in 2014. It didn't go well. Uh, and then I also launched one called the balking fan, which was just, it was like a portable fan. That when instead of, uh, it was a gentle, like a part of this new gentle uh you say, well, I disagree with you or what you're saying, so I'm going to gently blow some air at you. It was just one of those personal fans. No mister, because that would be beyond balking. I mean, I guess that would be balking, but it, this is a gentle balking fan. Maybe that's where I went wrong. Uh, but so, oh, so, but this is, you could listen. I'm not going to make a whole lot of sense, and it'll be meandering slow. I have these creaky dulcet tones. So give the show a couple tries if you're new, because it doesn't cost anything. I mean, I realize it's a time investment and that you want to get some sleep, and I believe you deserve some good night's sleep. And there are other, a lot of other sleep podcasts out there. My buddy Harris makes a Sleep Whispers podcast. You know, there's a Sleepy, and there's other ones out there. Uh, so do check those out, uh, or LibriVox has some great stuff on there. Uh, if this doesn't work, but give it a few tries. It, it, for most listeners, uh, they say, yeah, it took a few tries. Uh, but yeah, kind of look at me like a, like a cloud where you say, well, 
could mean that cloud could say something, but I don't really understand. I don't speak cloud. So that's one thing. Then also, uh, what are the other? Oh, you don't need to listen to me. I think that kind of goes hand in hand with what I just said. Uh, uh, you can kind of just barely listen to me. Uh, but there's also no pressure to fall asleep. The reason I'm here for an hour is to keep you company while you drift off or keep you company if you can't drift off. Because I know, uh, at least for me, it can feel L-O-N-L-E-Y or L-O-N-E-L, you know, whatever that, however you spell that word. So I'm here to keep you company, be be, be a little bit goofing around. Uh, so that's the structure of the show, the kind of rules. Here's one thing about uh, making a sleep podcast. I don't think I've mentioned a little behind the scenes is, uh, so I'm listening, as I'm recording, I'm listening through headphones, right? So I can keep the pace nice and slow. The dulcet's nice and creaky. You know, just in case they say, well, let's get that. Can we get a, you know, do, let's, let's adjust those, you know, let me croak, let me do a little croaking and creaking here. But there's also this thing called mouth noises, which I'm really hyper aware of. Uh, and I, I really try to listen for anything. And also outside noises, I, I, I record in the climbing closet or the Harry Potter under the stairs closet. Uh, and while I'm surrounded by a quilt and moving blankets and curtains, uh, I also do have to sometimes pause and let a, a you know plane go by or go a pace around upstairs, my dog. So it is a matter of I'm kind of always gently listening. Uh, but it's kind of kind of the whole idea of creating a safe place. Uh, and also almost like I wish my mouth uh, was sentient by itself so, so I could say, hey, could you uh, pipe down and work with me? You know, we're really here to to, to to put people to sleep and to take their mind off stuff. And believe it or not, this is stuff that is on my mind. I say, okay, I'm trying to create this uh, sleepy, safe place. Uh, also try to keep an eye out for sibilance, which is those uh, piercing S noises you might hear other places. Uh, but I got a little system for that, too. It, just a little filter and also how I kind of position myself. Uh, but I also try to sit really close here. Uh, so, you know, it's across the room or however you're comfortable. But uh, so, you know, I'm here to help uh, to, to keep you keep you company. Uh, another thing is when I get ready to make the show, I kind of warm up for a while. And then I record the thank yous that come at the end of the show, because that lets me know that you're listening. It's important. The reason why I make the show is for you. The reason why I work very hard uh is to keep you company for 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 to to, to help you fall asleep or to get you know take your mind off of stuff, and by going through the thank yous, it kind of helps me but puts me in the mind frame of uh, okay, it's time to make a sleep podcast. Uh, another thing about making the show, this is a little bit of a behind the scenes intro, is that I also have to kind of keep myself calm because there's a little parts of Scoots, old Scoots that wants to be, uh, that everything has to be P-E-R-F-E-C-T. And I say, well, we're here to make the best sleep podcast we can. We can't make a perfect sleep podcast. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think we've proven that uh, imperfect sleep podcast may be better. And, you know, sleep is baffling and the fact that people have a variety of things to listen to so that they can choose between the episodes or new listeners can kind of discover what works for them uh, is important. Uh, but that part of me will still kind of get uh, uh, fussy, I would say, either before recording or during it. And then if it's during it, I have to pause and say, hey, are you okay? Let me, uh, we're just here to help this person fall asleep, you know. We just got to do our best. We don't have, it's okay. I know you want to be perfect and, uh, there's associated thoughts and feelings with that. Uh, but right now we're just thinking of that, the, yeah, that person whose ears we're in right now. Don't they deserve a good night's sleep? Just like you deserve to just uh, make a podcast the best you can. It doesn't have to be perfect. You're darn, as far as uh, internal critics go, you're really good at that, uh, by the way. I don't know if I've told you that. I don't know which, uh, if that's the eighth wall I'm breaking, talking directly to my internal critic and saying, well, you know what I never said is, uh, 
how good you are at your job. You really are. Uh, I mean, it's like uh, having the worst boss and complimenting them on being the worst boss ever. But, uh, you really, I mean, I, I guess that was a little bit, but it's true. It's, it's, but that's why I don't normally compliment you. But here, we're here in a safe place. I can say, I'm sure you, you've got good reasons, just like all the brain bots, uh, for doing your job. You know, it's not easy, right? You don't have an easy job. Uh, but I was saying you're very good at it. Uh, and that's one of the reasons I make the show is because, you know, when you get in bed, maybe that's what pipes up or maybe it's uh, something about the past, present, or future. You know, I want to take your mind off of that, just like I have to take my own mind off of that part of me and say, hey, why don't you sit and watch while I just uh, run through this intro uh, and see who I can help, uh, see if I could help this person uh, Who's having trouble? We know how that feels, right? Like uh, not to be able to sleep. Uh, wow, it, it can be frustrating or it can be baffling. It could be a lot of other things. But then it's nice when you get that, uh, to that place where you say, oh, well, this is nice to listen to. And yeah, my bread bed's pretty comfortable. Uh, almost as comfortable as pillowy bread. And I don't know if Scoots is going to tell a story later. And it's, he, he, it was something he thought of. He said, well, this would be interesting to talk about, kind of. Uh, so yeah, I got someone to keep me company. So that's great. Uh, just like you now have someone to compliment. No, don't expect compliments on a regular. But okay, I'll compliment you on a regular basis. I wonder if that's what that song's about. Have you? Have I told you lately that I love you? Uh, maybe I'll be singing that. If you ever hear me doing karaoke, that song in karaoke, that's who I'm singing it to. But, you know, try to fix this relationship with my internal uh, C-R-I-T-I-C. But for you, I'm here to help. I'm here to keep you company, to be your boyfriend. Uh, as I already said, you really do. You deserve a life full of dignity and respect. You deserve to flourish and to succeed. Uh, and just to, to have a pleasant day uh, and a pleasant night. So that's why I'm here. That's why I work very hard on this show. I strive and I yearn to help you fall asleep. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming by. And here's a couple of ways we keep the show uh, going. Uh, hey, everybody. So this is uh, Scoots here, if you didn't know that already. Um, and this is an episode of style of show we haven't done uh Untail, I think it's called Untold Tales. I don't know if we've done a, a style of this episode in the last uh, week. Uh, hardy har har. I, I don't know when the last time I did one of these was. And sometimes the like, universe coalesces in interesting ways, uh, and I get to explore, hey, I didn't, under, like, uh, Untold Tales, I guess, uh, which is uh, some people might label it as uh, a fan fiction uh, usually it's around the holidays. Now, this one's holiday-adjacent, uh, but when you're hearing this, you, you won't be in the holidays. Uh, uh, but So there's one of my favorite holiday movies is the Laurel and Hardy, Babes in Toyland, March of the Wooden Soldiers, whatever it's called. And I think uh, 2016 or 2017, I did an episode about the, the, the special and I haven't re- re- researched it or re-listened, but there's this one segment in the movie that doesn't seem to fit, uh, and I've always wondered about it, and I rewatched it, and I'll explain it to you. It's a mysterious scene, and I think, it, I think I did read something about it, but I forgot about it, but I really wanted to get to the bottom of it for real. Yeah, but this holiday season, I rewatched it a few times. It takes place with uh, Bo Peep and Tom Tom. Uh, who are in love, and they're off a spelunking. And I mean, I don't mean it that way, hubba hubba. I mean, like, uh, going on a hike, uh, an indoor hike. And they get tired, and uh, Tom Tom says, let's take a nap. Uh, it's, the temperature in here is perfect. There's, there, he found a nice grass bed. And again, there was no stalactites or stalagmites involved. I mean, they're around them, but this isn't a metaphor. They, they said, well, let's lie down in this grass and sleep. And Tom Tom uh, sang her a, a beautiful song, uh, Go to Sleep, Go to Sleep, uh, and like a lullaby, and just sang her to sleep, kind of. 
Uh, but what happened was after he started singing, uh, some characters started to appear. And the characters were, um, and I don't know if this was to highlight a special effect. Well, I found out the truth, so we'll get to it. Or actually, I'm bringing you along to find out the truth. But, um, yeah, like these, um, uh, like, you know, Big Farm in the Sky, how those characters may be see-through. You could see most of them transparent, uh, not totally transparent, translucent. These translucent characters just started to show up. And they were a bit like garden gnomes. Or a little bit like the seven dwarves uh, from Snow White, uh. Uh, but they had hats, I guess, like either one. Uh, and they started this one. They, this one showed up with a lantern, and he said, "Wasn't this a sweet little moment?" And then he called in the other garden gnomes, and th- th- there was a, th- th- there was a, it was a, a group of them. They think about like twelve, uh, twelve or so in total. And then he called in. Uh, another character who showed up, who was a bit like, uh, what's that? The Sandman Morpheus, uh, but he was more like a magician filling in or something. It was, uh, he had this cape and he showed up and he sprinkled the sand. So I guess he was the Sandman, uh, over Tom Tom and, uh, uh, Bo Peep in a few times. But he had this great flourishes and he had this great cape, uh, and almost in a way of, uh, like a little bit, you know, unintentionally comedic because he had such a, he was jumping. He seemed like he wished he could fly. And, uh, he, he, like a bit like a wizard you'd expect. He had a long gray beard. I don't think he had a mustache. Uh, and, uh, so he sprinkled it and then he jumped off and like pretended he was going to fly, but it looked like he just like, uh, danced away. Then all the garden gnome uh, characters left, uh, and Tom Tom and Bo Peep uh, slept. And after that, I don't know what happens because I had pause. Uh, you know, my memory never like uh, records once I hit pause. I'm, you know, so I've always been curious. Uh, I guess it's one of the scenes you forget, and then as an adult, you say, "What the heck is this scene?" It was unrelated to everything else in the entire movie. I mean, even in a movie like uh, Bo Pee, or whatever it's called, March of the Wooden Soldiers, Babes in Toyland, it didn't seem to fit very well. And for a time, I wondered, uh, I wondered, wondered why that scene was put in the movie. And as many of you, actually, if you're a new listener, you might not know this, so I guess I'll fill you in. I do have a, a various part-time jobs I do to make ends meet. And bonuses, it's a, I collect, while I'm making ends meet, I also collect stories for the podcast. Uh, and one of the places I work is this bed and breakfast, and it's out on the edge of the transverse plane, which is a place where, interse- you know, universes intersect and stuff like that. And like, so I go out there, there's a nice couple that runs it very much like a bed and breakfast, so it's like pretty remote uh, to get to. And it doesn't usually service uh, regular run-of-the-mill people. And I don't know if, like, I think it's targeted towards celebrities from other universes. Like, uh, characters I've met there have included the Heat, Lady Witchbeard, the Heat Miser, or the Heat Minions or something. Uh, the dude from uh, the big, big, like, uh, a big, uh, dude from a big lagoon. A lot of times I meet these people before there's movies about them, and you say, wait a second, you're in a movie now. It totally changes everything for me. Uh, but so this, so I headed out there uh, recently, and that now I'm in my room. I have my own room here. It's actually uh, uh, like a perfect for podcasting because it's only big enough for a twin bed. It's under the stairs, just like at home, just like Harry Potter. And it actually was a great agreement I came up with because he said, well, I'd like to stay here. And they said, well, we, you know, we rent the rooms out. It's a bed and breakfast. Uh, and I said, well, I could find another place. I, I actually don't mind sleeping uh, temporarily in places that are, you know, comforting. And I showed them and I said, they said, well, that's our broom cost. I said, here's the thing. What kind of uh, 
who put up this idea of brooms needing to be vertical anyway? I mean, give me that. Lie the brooms on the ground. When did brooms and mops have to stand up straight? And you would have thought this, this was revolutionary science. They said, wait a second. You mean lay the brooms under the, on the ground under your bed? And I said, as the fans used to say, exactamundo. I said, yeah, they don't need to stand up straight, taking up space in a closet I could be using as a room and as a contemplative, meditative space. Uh, that's a good thing about the, the uh, I, I can lie here in bed. It's a nice contained room and I could do some thinking or some wondering or waiting and thinking. And so what I do there is I tell bedtime stories. Well, ostensibly, I tell bedtime stories to their guests. But what really happens is uh, uh, I take on more of a listening, walking and talking and, and hearing. You know, like uh, uh, in my other lives as a human, in, in like I, I usually end up in this role a lot of times, no matter what my job is. Uh, Let's say it's delivering things or going things or driving. I end up with usually a big part of my job would be listening to stuff unrelated to my job that other people like uh, would want to tell me. They need a like a shoulder to talk to and uh, gently wet, if you know what I mean, with their eyes. Uh, and they say, well, I was just here to deliver this bananagram. And they said, well, you know, bananas remind, you know, or co-workers. So so a pretty common thing in my life, uh, something I guess I'm inadvertently good at. And that helps them to sleep. Uh, so that's usually what I end up. So it's out there. And, you know, the transverse plane is wise. You know, they say that the wisdom of the universe is, uh, uh, you know, uh, like wiser than me. So ask the universe. uh you know, when they say, why don't you ask your mother or your father? Why don't they, you know, they say, ask the endless, uh, you know, parentage, whatever. So the universe is wise. Uh, and usually it gives. So I heard I got out there and, you know, it's like gearing up for the holiday, last holidays, trying to get to scratch together. And I said, uh, plus I said, I need to get away and I just sit in my thinking thinking room for a while. Uh, pretend I'm Harry Potter for 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 time, uh, but uh, anyway, that's just a sidetrack. I was just imagining how you know how relaxing I find that. Emma, I like to be Harry Potter in his off time though, when he's just sitting around. Because they say, well, this is boring. I'm just sitting in a closet that has a bed, and I say, well, not if you're Harry Potter. How would a Harry Potter sit around in this room doing nothing? Thinking about stuff, uh, I'd say, well, he'd make it heroic, that Harry Potter, he would. So I was doing that, and then they said, okay, we got somebody here, uh, some sort of wizard. And I said, holy mackerel, a wizard, a warlock or a wizard? And they said, no idea, hopefully, uh, and they said, you better go out there and talk to him. He's in the cat, he's in one of the back uh, cabanas, uh. So I said, you got any hot tea? I said, like, uh, or hot water and a selection of herbal teas, caffeine, you know, all teas, uh, especially, you know, you got anything uh, like uh, a kiss of newt or, or tear, tear, chameleon tears tea? And they said, we do, since you invented that. And I said, yeah, green tea with the red berries, uh, chameleon tear tea and blueberries, uh, one of my greatest inventions. Uh and I headed out there, and I knocked on the door, and I heard a muffled, you know, moving and muttering. And they said, "Who, whom is it?" Uh, and I said, "It's uh, Scoots. It's tea service. Uh, tea for two or one, or if you got two in there, uh, uh, tea for two." But, uh, uh, but you know, I was in the, and then the door opened, and a gentleman opened the door. And he was in that, like, old-fashioned, you usually only see this in, uh, uh, not cartoons, usually in places with outhouses, uh, it, like a kind of pajamas that are off-white, uh, one-piece, uh, not a union suit, 
And I don't know if they wear that understuff, uh, usually in a minor type situation. Yeah, but he was wearing that uh, in a stocking cap uh, and he had a beard. And I said, he said, tea. And I said, yeah, do you, would you like uh, some chameleon tears? And he looked at me, he eyed me suspiciously, like if I had heard, you know, he said, I'm a big fan. And I said, don't worry, I haven't caused uh, chameleons to cry. It's imaginary. Uh, and he said, good, good, good. Uh, come in, come in. And I said, please to meet you. I'm Scoots. Uh, I work here at the um, bed and breakfast. Uh, uh, and uh, I'd like to tell you about my services. I offer all included, all inclusive. This tea's included. Breakfast in bed, obviously. Uh, hardy walking around the grounds, all included in the price of your uh, visit. And I said, I'm Scoots. Uh, and he said, I'm uh, Luden. And I said, Luden, holy mackerel, I love it. Uh, I said, he went to a high school, which like, uh, he said, uh, what's in this chameleon tears tea? And I said, well, I got a new one uh, called the, uh, the, the the heckling rhinoceros. Uh, and he said, he think I'll have to stick with the chameleon tear tea. And I said, well, that's like... Uh, it's more of a pungent tea. And you see, clearly. And so, so I poured us a couple of cups of uh, chameleon tear tea. It was a little mint. I added it uh, just because I was feeling like, uh, I was feeling a little minty. And we sat down and I said, so tell me about your visit here. Uh, I said, but, but, but let's just put, put everything out there. I said, are those your pajamas or is that some kind of, so, like, I'm, I've always wondered, uh, and he said, "You kind, of, yeah. I guess this is my pajamas uh, when I'm uh, my like uh, non-work pajamas." And I said, "You got my attention?" Or I said, "You have work pajamas?" And he said, "I do." And I said, "Okay, well, so these are your pajama pajamas?" And he said, "Yeah, in lounge, you know, loungewear they call it now, don't they?" And we had a hearty har har at. Uh, and I said, what brings you to the bed and breakfast? Uh, like, uh, you know, we do get a lot of single guests at this particular bed and breakfast, which obviously is, uh, uh, and he said, what? Uh, and I said, well, just, just usual, like, uh, and he said, I've never been to a bed and breakfast. Uh, and I said, well, uh, uh, I forget I brought, I said, welcome. How's the tea? And he said, quite good. Uh, and I said, excellent, uh, excellent. Uh, I said, by the way, these, the reason the chameleons cried was joy. And he said, you got me. And I said, well, uh, I said, so tell me, what kind of work do you do where you have work pajamas? And he said, uh, he goes, uh, I, uh, I uh, help a few people fall asleep. And I said, you got to be kidding me here. Uh, and I wondered if I, but I said, well, this is about him, not about me. And I'll have trouble enough not making it about me. And I said, well, how do you do that? Because then I said, was it another one of these sleep with me like podcasts? And he said, it's a long story. And uh, he goes, I'm out of, uh, my, uh, he goes, I'm a little bit discombobulated. Uh, I'm thinking of retiring. And I said, interesting, interesting. And I said, so you have work? I said, I'd love to see your work pajamas. Uh, do you call them jammies? He goes, no, no, no. And I said, by the way, are you a wizard or a warlock? Or you just uh, you strike me as like, uh, or you just wizened? And he eyed me and I said, maybe I don't know what wizened means. Uh, just kid. And I said, I mumbled that out. And then he laughed at my, uh, uh, what he thought like, uh, I actually it was, uh, my report attempt at rapport building, and he said, uh, "He goes, I, he goes, I do practice magic, uh, but a very specific kind of magic." And I said, he said, "Sleep magic, huh?" And he goes, "Well, specific kind of sleep magic, even." He goes, "You know, there's people that uh, tell bedtime stories. There's people that, uh, you know, because there's a lot of kinds." And he goes, "I, I kind of fell into it." He goes, "Once I was." Uh, uh, more of a, a, a greater magic user. 
And he said, in fact, uh, and then I said, well, you, could you put your pajamas on while you tell me about this? Uh, I said, have you been to the transverse plane yet? And he said, no. And I said, it might, I said, if we walk out there in your pajamas, you, you might give us the visuals for the story you're about to tell me of your whole history. And maybe that'll help you decide uh, what your future is. Uh, and I go, that's usually what a c- c- couples use a bed and breakfast for. And he goes, we're a couple of uh, uh, people trying to find our way, aren't we? And I said, yeah, yeah, go ahead and go in the other uh, room and put your... So then he went and changed, and he came out. And he, I think he, like, uh, washed up, too, because I kind of dozed off. And I heard him say, awake. Uh, and then I opened my eyes, and to say this g- 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 guy, Luden, was striking would be an understatement, especially in a small cabana, a bed-and-breakfast cabana. He had on, like, this, uh, I'd say a silk or some sort of silky uh, pajamas, like the greatest pajamas. I think they, if these pajamas really existed, they'd definitely be on the oldest. Uh, a, they were like a silk, but a, like a, like a tra- turquoise, uh, electric blue color, uh, which is strong metallic, uh, like it was, the, the colors were, uh, so robust, uh, they looked like the metallic too, like a metallic blue, like turquoise blue. And it looked just so soft, uh, perfectly fitting. And it could, like a top and a bottom, maybe, I could not tell, uh, but in a way that, you know, his, uh, like, his stomach was never exposed or his sides, which in PJs is important uh, because you don't want to be exposed to the air. But then what made the outfit was uh, a cape, which, again, was so seamless. I don't know if it was built into the outfit or an attached cape. Uh, that was the same color, except it was kind of a two-tone cape, uh, but barely noticeable two-tone. It was so subtle. And it was just a flowing cape uh, that he was able to, like, uh, I don't know if it had, maybe it had magnets in it, because it would, uh, I didn't see any ways he was attaching it and unattaching it to his wrists and his arms. Uh, but if he wanted it like a flying cape, he could do that, or a cape, to co- like a cloaking cape. Uh, and it had a little um, collar, and then he had an, uh, a lovely... A little bit different, I mean, I guess to, to add a splash of color, like a deep uh, ruby uh, sleeping cap. Uh, and I said, those are some work, PJs. Holy mackerel. And I did catch on the sides of some uh, bags uh, that you would, you know, like a utility belt with uh, kind of uh, brown bags or sack. I guess sacks, uh, you'd say. And I said, I guess we're off uh, to hear your story. And so he started to tell me how he was an apprentice magic user, uh, wizard. Uh, but he wasn't a wizard. Uh, the, you know, he was an apprentice and he was studying uh, with the, this great wizardess, uh, Lurleen of uh, the, 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 the Emerald Valley. And things were going pretty good, but he he, he was more of a, like, uh, he was more nocturnal, and Lurleen was more of a day person. So some of the things weren't going good, and uh, she was saying, well, maybe you should be into more nighttime magic, but that's more associated. And he goes, no, 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 I want to use magic for good. And she goes, well, who wouldn't think an owl would be good? And he said, who? And she said, yes, who? And he said, like, the, the, all the uh, R-O-D-E-N-T-S is, uh, and she said, a point taken. Uh, but they got it on good enough where he was getting his basic training down. Uh, but she was still feeling like uh, he wasn't totally committed uh, because it's quite an undertaking. A lot of, of, you know, like it's a trade. You can either go to a formal school or you could work uh, as an apprentice and then, uh, like a journey person. So she wasn't sure he was going to commit to her long-term and uh, that it was the right thing for him. Uh, so she sent him off on a, like a sabbatical, like a journey, not a sabbatical though, like a, a journey of discovery and also a test and, you know, full of learning opportunities. Uh, 
But he was smart enough, uh, Luden, that he knew. This is what you, you know, that, that I knew. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Luden. I was, uh, uh, like I've just been watching as we've been walking, because we're walking now through the transverse plane. And I guess I was narrating what I was seeing. Uh, so what happened next? And uh, Luden said, well, I, well, like I started to uh, uh, be like, where am I going to journey to? And she said, well, in this green valley, you can either journey north or south. Uh, and uh, she goes, to the south, uh, it's going to be a little bit warm and stuff. Uh, and she goes, this is the perfect time to go north. It's, it's still uh, like late summer, uh, best time to go north. Uh, so I'd say go north. And he said, well, what, do I, what am I on? She goes, see if you find your way back here. Make your way north. Uh, and if you make your way back, you've made your way back, and you're supposed to be back here. If you don't make your way back, uh, maybe you started another journey, or your journey continued in another direction. And he goes, well, how will I know when to head back? And she goes, well, you have to head back uh uh, by the 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 first uh, of October is probably the best time to come back. Uh, I mean, she used more of like whenever the moon was doing whatever it does in October, first harvest moon maybe. And uh, so he, uh, he said he started heading north, uh, and as he headed north, you know, he said it was pretty uh, interesting. But he had learned a lot of herbology, and so, so sustenance and stuff wasn't up. And he said there was some nice towns, some mountain towns, and uh, some cool stuff. And then he headed through these passes. Uh, and he, they said somewhere up there is the North Pole. So as he started heading more and more north, more and more things served to the North Pole. And finally he got to this one uh, crossroads uh and uh, they said, one thing said, don't go this way. And the other one said, uh, easy path or something. And he said, well, and they waited until he saw a traveler. And he said, why can't I go this way? And he said, well, it's Toylands that way. Uh, and uh, they don't, they're not really taking any new residents. And uh, they're, they're really busy. It's not like really for visitors. It's a non, it goes, it's a perfect place for tourists and they don't want tourists or visitors. Uh, really only for famous people to live uh, and work. Uh, he goes, what do you mean work? And they go, well, they specialize in, uh, uh, they supply wooden toys to the North Pole. And uh, Luden said, well, I, like, I'm going to go that way. Uh, Toyland uh, is just calling me. So Luden started to head towards Toyland. And as Luden got closer, uh, Luden learned uh, uh, that uh, there was like, uh, Toyland was surrounded by a lot of swamps, oddly enough. And so it wasn't easy to get to. And at first he said, why would Toyland be in the middle of a swamp? Uh, and here's the thing, you wouldn't even think this, uh, but it ended up being pretty obvious, is that uh, uh, swamps are a great, place, great source of uh, trees, uh, well, well, and especially trees that have, like, older trees that have been in the water a while. A uh, great way to reclaim wood for tree for toys uh, with, like, a sustainable harvesting uh, uh, that's what someone told Luden at some point. But so Luden eventually found that there was one uh, uh, ferry across the swamp into Toyland, and uh, they said, uh, "Like uh, Luden said, I'd like to go to Toyland." They said, "What's your purpose?" Uh, and Luden said, "Well, I'm a traveler. I'm looking uh, for like uh, my purpose." And they said, "No." If you are you in any have you been in any fairy tales? And Luden said no. He said, Do you are you expert at building wooden toys or painting wooden toys? And Luden said no. And the fairy person said, No, no, no. You can I can send a note and you can request uh, an audience with the old King Cole. Merry old soul was he. Uh but I like I don't know if he'll be super welcoming to you because uh it's not really an open situation. And meanwhile, it was tough for, tough for Luden because Luden could see the walls of Toyland. 
and he could hear the sounds of Toyland and all the laughter and stuff. Uh, uh, but he, like, the, he said, how long I got to wait? Uh, and uh, the, the, the very person kept saying, well, until the king accepts your audience. By the way, you should come up with some material for the king. Because uh, they think a king, a king just uh, like a, this is a, one thing I know about King Cole's doesn't have a King Cole's a merry old soul, and a merry old soul is he, but he doesn't have a jester. And uh, Luden said, "Well, I don't know if I want to be a jester." And Luden said, "This is kind of a story I don't like a sewer like to share." But I then I said, "Well, I could be a jester, I guess, if it give me in a toy land." And eventually King Cole said, okay, like, send this jester in. Uh, and Luden did a couple magic tricks. So just some, also mostly like sleight of hand uh, and herbology stuff. Uh, like, uh, oh, what, well, now, now this smells like mint. Now it smells like burnt toast. Uh, but because King Cole was so, such a mer- like Mary, like uh, it was really exhausting. And then uh, this is how Luden came uh, said I came up with these PJs uh, because they found that King Cole would call me at all times. So that's how I ended up with this outfit, believe it or not. Uh, and he said, uh, like, uh, really became exhausting. And I said, well, I don't know if I want to be a jester, but the king liked me. And so I said, listen, King Cole, I, I don't know. I don't think I'm cut out to be a jester. Maybe there's like a family of clowns that live down here in a, some of the, one of these neighborhoods. Also, Laurel and Hardy or Ollie and Stan, like uh, maybe you could hire some of them. I'd like to help you with other things. And I said, what's the most pressing issue affecting your kingdom? And it was really, it's not my kingdom. Like, it's really, I'm like a caretaker of this kingdom to keep the toys going. Uh, it's just, you know, strange that we have toys here and we make toys. Uh, and because you know, I heard of the Island of Misfit Toys. This is for kind of like, a, it's like a bit like that. Uh, that's why I keep everything. Uh, because a lot of people need this environment. That's what they're used to, Toyland or... or Mother Goose. He goes, this is a the place they're supposed to be. Uh, and, I, and then Luden said, I said, you know, what, like, you seem stressed, though. He said, well, we're having uh, issues with our supply chain. And I said, what supply chain? He said, well, wood and paint, uh, uh, they come from uh, across the swamp. Uh, and like Luden said, well, what's the issue? And the king said, no one will go. Like uh, usually, we get deliveries. The deliveries have come less and less. And they, he goes, the, the people that bring the the the, the their elves. Uh, he goes, people mischaracterize them as gnomes or dwarves, but they're elves from the North Pole. A little bit different than you would expect. And he said they they've uh, they have to deliver and stuff. Uh, uh, on time, just cut back, and and uh, no one wants to go look into it. And they said, "Well, why does anybody want to look into it?" And the king said, "Well, uh, because there's a, he goes, okay, there's two ways out of here. The way you came, which you got to go through the passes, which are about to be snowed in soon. Uh, and he goes, uh, he goes, that's one way uh, in and out of something. He goes, there's a uh, on the other side, there's these mountains, right?" Uh, and he goes, uh, like the first, he goes, one of the things is this is all built, we're all on limestone underneath us. Uh, he goes, I'm an amateur geologist or, uh, you know, whatever the other thing is. I like rocks. Uh, and Luden uh, said, tell me more, King Cole. And King Cole said, just so the, the, the beginning of the mountains and the end of the swamp is uh, limestone. And so he goes, in there's a lot of different things. He goes, and that's where we get, he goes, it's not just limestone. There's other rocks in there. And that's where we get a lot of the materials for our paints, uh, precious metals. Uh, he goes, non precious. He goes, that's where we get it. He goes, that's how we come with our paints. Uh, and he, he, like, he goes, we still get a lot of wood from the swamp, uh, but they, uh, they've been processing at the elves for a long time. Uh, just recently, he goes, for a while we did it all ourselves, uh, Except for the paints, the elves mine the paints. 
And he goes, also, they mine the raw materials to make our, the, the, the sawmills run and, and everything, our energy, which is down too. He said, we still have some reserves. So he said, I don't know what's going out there, but no one will go there. Oh, that's what I was saying. Uh, because it's like, uh, he goes, it's pretty, he goes, not everybody wants to be inside. And then he goes, one side of the system, he goes, is, uh, because there's just a lot of legends around it. So, so no one wants to go there from Toyland. Uh, because they were raised in all these legends. Uh, and uh, Luton said, well, I w- I'm not. I'll, I'll head over there and I'll, see, I'll get to the bottom of it. Uh, get yourself a new jester. And King Cole laughed. King Cole thought that was hilarious, uh, even though he was also happy. So Luton head off, headed off across the swamp in a different direction, uh, towards the base of these mountains, and these uh, these rafts that got pulled by ropes, uh, that usually, like, uh, on the toyland side, where they would pull in the supplies, and then on the other side, no one knew, because no one from toyland would go on there. And uh, eventually, Luden uh, got across there, and uh, he got in, and he started looking around, and he said, uh, like, uh, he went deeper and deeper into the mountain, and he said, I had a lot of adventures, like I uh, learned how to like uh, find my way. I learned how to, you know, uh, stay warm, you know, start a little cooking. He goes, uh, I learned how to go back out and, you know, get what I need to eat. He goes, and for a while, he goes, I started to try to find my way down to these, uh, like where they processed the wood, where they found the coal, and where they found all the paint and stuff. And he goes, I couldn't find anybody. So it's no wonder that... uh uh, the, like, uh, like there wasn't anything, uh, and he goes, and they went uh, deeper and uh, deeper in, and he goes, eventually, because I ran into a couple, uh, of these, uh, holiday elves, and he goes, they were working really hard, uh, but it was only three of them, uh, and he, uh, he said, uh, hey, where is everybody? What's, uh, like, uh, and they said, who are you? He said, I'm looting, uh. And they said, uh, "Well, uh, Luden, uh, they go. He they go. Well, we're, uh, we're we're working our rear ends off here, trying to keep you with uh, uh, paint and coal and stuff. There's you know, it's usually a whole workforce." And they said, "What happened?" And they they said, "Well, uh, we met a wizard." Uh, and Luden said, "Well, that's interesting. I'm I'm an apprentice to a wizard." Uh, like, uh, and they said, "Oh, well." Yeah, they met a wizard. Uh, we, the thing is, we've been living in this mountain right inside. Uh, a lot of us are used to living in the North Pole, which you already have a weird sleep schedule in the North Pole. And they explained to Luden about how, you know, the summers and the winters and how long they would be in the sun and how they came up with ideas like artificial light and uh, sleep schedules, uh, and that's why they thought uh, they, they would be great for working here, uh, mining all these raw materials, which would be used at the North Pole anyway. And Luden said, that's interesting. But they said, well, there's something different about being here, uh, like down underground. Uh, and eventually, like uh, our parents' generation, these uh, elves said, was said, just tough it out, you know. And, you know, as we kids started to grow, we said, well, maybe we deserve a good night's sleep. We don't want to just tough it out. And Luden said, interesting, it sounds rough. Uh, So then what happened? And they they said, uh, we had heard, you know, that there's these other beings in in the cave systems around here. And they don't bother us, but they, they don't like people from Toyland, apparently. And uh, they they had said that those like in the legends of Toyland, and Luden said I'm not from Toyland. Yeah, well, they said that these characters uh, came from the world of sleep, uh, and that somewhere deep in this mountain lives a wizard uh, with the control of sleep. Uh, and uh, so we all, other than us three, everyone wandered down there looking for the wizards, and all the parents went along saying, well, you know, we, we don't know if this is a good idea. Uh, and Moon said, what happened? And uh, they said they found the wizard deep in there, and the wizard was uh, 
said, oh, I could give you the power to sleep. Uh, but you got to understand there's a cave system and, and uh, you you're uh, you, you can't just uh, like you, you need to be able to do, get some, some real light and some fresh air. And they said, well, how do you do that? And the wizard said, well, I could dephase you. So half of you would be here working in the caves. And the other half of you would be up on, um, like, uh, outside of the mountain and on the sunny side, uh, you know, getting some fresh air and, and living in a, in a village there. Uh, and they said, uh, sounds great. And the wizard said, okay, I'll uh, peanut butter sandwich, ba-boom. And they forgot to ask you what, you know, what uh, the cost was. And it ended up that uh, this wizard was kind of like, a, like a, you know, up to no good. And so when they, like, uh, they phased out, uh, it ended up in the other end. Uh, they were, like, were stuck working for this wizard uh, who was trying to, like, uh, like a non not a fan of Christmas, basically. And Luton said, you got to be kidding me. And they said, yeah. So also they got stuck, phased, like when they're phased out, uh, they can sleep fine, but they can't do any work because they only phase in and out. Uh, and with that, uh, Luton, the, the, the people started to appear, all the other elves. Uh, and there was the parental elves and, and the, you know, the, the, whole, the whole gang. And Luden said, wow, so you're phased here. And they said, yeah, in the other world, we're asleep. Uh, but we're here to see our friends and to see, like, this is, you know, we feel bad we're not getting our work done. And as a matter of fact, during the day we're working, uh, you know, this, this was just got it. And Luden said, okay, uh, it sounds like I need to solve this. Uh, and Wizard, like, uh, like Luden went down there. And uh, found his way to the wizard, uh, and the wizard said, you know, fee-fi-fo, what are you doing? And Luden said, I have no idea, I'm lost. Uh, and the wizard, whose name was uh, Karnath, uh, said, uh, yeah, well, what are you doing? Uh, and Luden said, well, I was, do I was an apprentice, and then I, they, my, uh, my wizard has said, journey north, and uh, maybe you'll return tried to get into Toyland, they wouldn't let me in there. And, uh, like, uh, then I, like, uh, found my way to this, and I walked in, and I kept walking, and next thing I know, here I am. And the wizard said, interesting. Karnath said that. Uh, Karnath said, are those pajamas? And uh, Luden said, they are. Uh, paj magic pajamas, actually. And Karnath, uh, who was in uh, rags, I guess you could say, because he's been living in the center of a mountain for so long, uh, said, wow, those look great. Uh, I really wish uh, I'd like to have your pajamas. And Luton said, well, I'm looking for, uh, I guess I'm looking for a new, like I'd like to be a journey person wizard. Uh, maybe we could work, maybe you could train me. And uh, Karnath said, well, maybe I'll just take you to pajamas. Uh, and Luton said, you could, but the wizardess uh, gave them to me when I set off on my journey, so they're protected. Uh, she was very powerful. And then uh, Karnath said, it's not who, 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 who this person. And Luton said, it is. It, it is her. And uh, Karnath said, okay, that's how I ended up in the middle of this mountain. It was a Crosser, actually, Green Valley. And then Luton said, yep. And uh, Karnas said, well, I'll tell you what, why don't you, like, uh, what if I just start your training and you give me the pajamas, uh, and then I promise to train you the rest of the way. And Luden said, great, uh, sounds good, uh, what, 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 what will you uh, train me in? And Karnas said, well, what are you good at? And Luden said, well, I actually I did some training as a jester, so I've gotten very good at misdirection. And it's very entertaining. So he started doing like a lot of his jester magic uh, work for Karnath, and Karnath found it very interesting. It's to the fact to the p p p point where he was mesmerized, 
And, of course, she was building up to something very dangerous. Uh, and uh, Lynn said, well, this is like the part of the thing where I am. Uh, I, I need a, like, a risk. Like, this is like, uh, and then you could have my pajamas. If I can't undo this, uh, do this trick, uh, like, then you could just have my pajamas anyway. Because this is my big show-stopping number. But usually I bring something and I don't have anything. So what's the most powerful thing you got down here? Ian Carter said, well, I got my wand of phasing, but uh, it's not so powerful. You could just, he goes, uh, he, goes uh, he goes, well, originally, and then Carnass told a whole long story that we don't, you know, but uh, how Carnass actually was supposed to be trained to, to be the sand person to help people fall asleep, but then Carnat had other ambitions. And so Carnat said, yeah, I have these sacks of sleep uh, sand, and, I'm, you know, that's what I told the, no, the elves that I was going to use on them. Uh, it could help them sleep all along. I said, I get the idea to phase them to work for me for my secret minion plans. And Luton said, so if I accidentally sprinkle the sleep dust on me, I'll go right to sleep, huh? And, and uh, Carnage said, yes, uh, too much, you know, you sleep for a very long time. And then uh, Luton said, well, that'd be easy to take my pajamas, I guess. Uh, so it's a very risky trick. Uh, and it was just a balance trick where he got a big bucket of sand and, you know, with the rolling thing, and he was trying to, sit, like, uh, balance above the sand and then balance the sand on Luden's head and like looking, you know, the whole time and almost dropping it to, to slowly build up the anticipation. And then finally, like right when Luden got to like up on top of, do you, do you have another chair? Let's see, should I go with another chair? And Karnak said, oh, yes, yes, even riskier. Uh, Luden took the bucket of sand and threw it on Karnak and Karnak fell asleep. Uh, and then Luden uh, sent one of the elves for Santa, and Sa- I guess Santa's got, like, patrols. Uh, they came and took Karnath uh, for, for uh, attempting to ruin future Christmases or whatever. And uh, then the first thing Luden did after was help the other three elves that were left to fall asleep. Uh, and Santa sent a whole new contingent of elves and Luden said, so there I am. Uh, now I have a job put these elves to sleep. I actually used the phasing elves because you couldn't undo the phasing. So, uh, you know, I've been using them to help put anybody that comes into these limestones, uh, uh, like in the mountains, to sleep. Uh, most of the other elves uh, so they can work. Uh, and uh, then I got the supplies going back to Toyland and the business back up, uh, supplies to the North Pole. Uh, but it just gotten bored uh, uh, doing this. You know, there's the same 12 uh, elves, you know, they cycle in and out. But the uh, uh, last highlight I had was when uh, there was a, like, a couple in here. And we put them to sleep, but that was like 85 years ago. And I said, wait, so I said, hold on, uh, Luden. Uh, what are, when the elves, the elves that you uh, are, are in phase, are they permanently in phase? And Luden said, yeah. And I said, so they're in phase inside and outside somewhere else? And Luden said, yeah. And I said, it's somewhere outside of the cave, uh, and Luton said, yeah. And I said, you know, outside the cave, uh, just because people, like, just there's not just people having trouble sleeping in the North Pole and that work indoors and have to sleep indoors because that's where their job is. I said, there's a whole wide world of people that could use your help. Uh, I think maybe you've, like, the sand person, uh, like, especially with your flying and your flourishing and stuff, uh, you think you you could start wandering and using your face friends? Uh, maybe you could send them to find people that can't sleep, and you could put them to sleep. And Luden said, I, I think I found my purpose. You're right. Uh, how do you know know that? And I said, well, I have trouble falling asleep. I know how, how hard it is. Uh, that's why I come here and I help uh, 
you find your way and then you sleep good. And Luden said, great. Uh, and uh, then Luden said, you want to try it? And I, Luden, Luden, and we got back and Luden sprinkled some, I got in my uh, Harry Potter room. And Luden and all the 12 gnomes came and saw me, or the elves, uh, keep calling them gnomes, I apologize, because uh, they do look so much like garden gnomes. But uh, they came and visited me and uh, sprinkled dust on me, and I giggled. It was tickly in a good way. And then I fell uh, deep asleep. Uh, but it helps me, you know, remind me uh, that uh, I'm out there and Luden's out there. Trying to help people get a good night's sleep. Uh, Good night.